What is up, everybody? I'm Bill Ryman, your broker builder, and welcome to another episode of The Real Build. This is episode 134, and in today's episode, I featured the Abruzzi brothers, Anthony and Nick Abruzzi, owner of Abruzzi Floors out of Long Island, New York. Uh, I was excited to have these guys on, to be honest with you, because I have, believe it or not, not hit on this topic at all. We've had a lot of episodes and I have not covered flooring and these guys are professionals at it. They're doing a lot of big things in New York City when it comes to self-leveling cement, polished concrete, epoxy, and so much more. We also talked about being in a family business, being second generation, and how we are going against the norms of second generation businesses, kind of the high percentage of failure rate and where you're both going against those failure rates and actually making our family businesses bigger and even better. And these guys are doing that. They are growing. They're all about rapid growth and they are all over New York City. So we talked about a lot of different topics and about flooring. So if you're Dealing with something in, in the flooring realm right now, you're going to want to hear this about the best practices, who you should be hiring, and so on. But with that being said, you guys know the routine. I would love for you to take one second, go into iTunes, hit that five star. I'm so close to 60 reviews. Uh, the more reviews, the better, the more this show spreads. I do this for free. I'm never going to advertise. I just want to deliver as much content free as possible to help you guys in your building and real estate journeys. So with that being said, let's get into this week's episode, episode 134. Enjoy. Welcome to The Real Build, the show that shows you exactly what you need to look for in construction and real estate. I am your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder, and each week I will teach you exactly what you need to look for, whether you are buying, building, or selling a house. I interview top people throughout real estate and construction, give you a better perspective prior to making one of the biggest investments of your life. I will also discuss my personal experiences as a luxury builder and real estate broker and answer your questions about the process. With that being said, welcome to The Real Build. Anthony and Nick Abruzzi, welcome to The Real Build. How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you, man? Doing good, Bill. Thanks for having us. Good, good. I'm, I'm glad to have you guys on. This is a topic I haven't touched on, so that's why I was looking forward to having you guys on. You guys are the co-owners, along with your dad, family-owned business of Abruzzi Floors in Long Island. So uh, happy to talk some shop with you, floors, talk about all the stuff you guys are doing. You guys are killing it. I was looking at your social media. Love your work, too. So uh, with that being said, I kind of want to, I always start out with a little bit about you guys. So who is Anthony and Nick Abruzzi? You want to go first? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, well, Nick Abruzzi is, uh, is a family-oriented guy. I love uh, you know, spending time with my two-year-old daughter, my wife, my dog. Love working out and uh, snowboarding. Something uh, that I've picked up recently over the last couple of years would be reading. I was never a reader but I try and read every night just a little bit. Um, that's been a big help in my life in, in many ways, just, you know, reading literally 10 pages a night. Um, so that's, that's helped me tremendously as long as well as listening to podcasts. Mm -hmm. I used to just listen to the radio station and listen to the same songs over and over and over again. And, uh, you know, started, started making our commute work for us and, uh, listening to growth podcasts and entrepreneurial podcasts and, that's something that I really enjoy doing now. And I basically never listen to the radio anymore whenever I'm in the car. Yeah. And uh, so I'm Anthony and, you know, basically same thing, you know, we very, you know, being a family company and spending a lot of time with each other, we're all very close knit and we all have, you know, especially me and Nick, we we're on the same, same thought process on basically everything where, very aligned in family values, core values, everything like that. And, and, and reading and, you know, we all, it, it would be, uh, you know, I'd be repeating the exact same thing he just said <laughs> outside of the snowboarding. I don't do that. 
Yeah, I mean, and I can relate with a lot with a lot of what you guys are saying. I put I implemented reading into my life too. It's been a huge change. I'm doing 75 hard now. I got no choice to read right now, but it's one thing that I took away from the last time I did it uh, too. Is that it? Just it's something about doing that that kind of pulls me away from the craziness. I mean, you guys are in the construction world. You know it's crazy, and I'm sure you guys are busy as hell up there too because construction's just nuts everywhere. And, um, it's kind of that takeaway plus podcasts. Like that's all I listen to, too. The, the radio has kind of been turned off for a while and the news, I try and get away from the news. I actually get a little bit of news from podcasts, but, uh, you know, I try and stay away from the mainstream as much as possible. Cause I find my attitude and, and self being is a lot better when I turn that off too, which I'm sure you guys are the same. Definitely, um, yeah. You know, you guys obviously being brothers too, uh, working in the in the construction industry together, I I can relate quite a bit to you. Um, you know, you have your ups and downs and and so on. And and are you guys polar opposites as far as I mean, I with me, my brother and I are pretty polar opposite. I mean, but we mesh really well that way because we don't really argue too much. You know, I think if we were the same person, there'd be a lot of this. What do you guys see? Are you both polar opposites you get a how you get along all the time how's that doing in the family business so i think that like our parents like anytime it was funny because like we never fought growing up or anything like that like maybe yeah, like once or twice maybe once or twice we fought or whatever but my parents were always just like you never fight with your brother you never know oh <laughs> you're they're your brothers so um you know we have always been close that way i don't think that we're exactly the same because I think he compliments things that I'm terrible at and I compliment things that he's not so good at and it really makes it work. And to be honest with you, once COVID hit, like the, the beginning of the pandemic, we had a lot of time and by a lot of time, I mean, like we basically didn't work for like a week or so. And then it was, we were able to divide up what I wanted to do versus what he wanted to do and what my dad needed to do. And we now have a much more clear structure as to where we're going and what our strong points are. And then as a result of that, we're able to play to each other's strengths a lot more. And, you know, I think that has something to say with our personalities too. Like the things that I like to do are inherently things that I like in my personality and the same thing with him. Yeah, I can relate quite a bit with that too. My brother and I and and my dad has kind of pulled out of the business quite a bit, but uh, my brother and I have kind of our strengths of what we can deal with, how we can deal with. I'm better on the customer side with dealing with that versus my brother would rather be out in the field dealing with the subcontractors and so on, which he's better at because he's got a lot more patience. And then when I go in there, they know that I'm either pissed off or want something changed or asking for a better price. So, uh, you know, <laughs> it, meshes, yeah, it meshes really well. Uh, so I can relate to you guys. I want to go into though, before we get back into the family business is, is, uh, how did you guys get started? How, why flooring? Um, obviously your dad started the company, I'm guessing, like, how did he get started and how did he bring you into it? Did you always think about being a part of the family business? How did that all begin? Yeah. So, um, he, you know, our father used to work for a company. Um, and he was, he quickly realized that he needed to work for himself because he was just, he was just an entrepreneurial entrepreneurial mindset and and just wanted to be his own boss from the beginning. So he eventually opened up his own landscaping company, um, did that for probably 10 or 12 years or so. Uh, but up here in New York, winters get cold and and he would have some some major downtime. So our our uncle had a, a another flooring business um, and he would work for him during the winter months and keep the guys busy and realize that a there's good money in it and b it's it's you know all year round work so he quickly shifted to that and um jumped ship with the landscaping and it opened up his own flooring company and uh, has never looked back since that was about 15 years ago or so at this point um and for us you know we would we would work for him on winter breaks from school summer vacations weekends occasionally just you know keep him busy and then um, after we graduated high school, we, we did the college route 
we gave that a shot. Uh, we both graduated, but we always knew that that the business was there as a fallback option. We're very fortunate for that. And uh, we always knew that, you know, our dad would welcome us with open arms. And uh, and so that's pretty much what we did. Once we graduated, we just kind of jumped on full full board. And I've been in here, what, nine years now? I think so, yeah. And you, 10? Yeah, something like that. Full time. Um, but really, we've been involved since probably 15 and 16 years old, you know, here and there. As I'm sure you have, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sweep, sweeping sites and doing all oh, that yeah. kind of stuff. All, all the grunt work. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's what I always say. Yeah. The grunt work. That's funny. You say that it's just, it, it's true though. It, it makes you, I get, I've always said it was a love hate thing with construction. I mean, growing up as kids, you hate it and now you, you love it because you're, you're actually able to be more involved in it, run the business kind of, and put your input on it, how you want it exactly ran too. And actually help grow the business too, because you guys know stuff, probably modern technology and stuff like that more than your dad does. I mean, my dad, I show him stuff of what's going on with technology, video, all that. He goes, I don't care about that. You know, he's like, I don't want to see that. He goes, and then he's throwing his phone around. He goes, you guys know this. I don't know this thing and blah, blah, blah. It's just, and it's being able to kind of help grow that company, which it's rare too. I mean, second generation coming into a company. There's a lot of odds against us. That's the thing. And I think what created the passion to maintain and build that up is that work that he made you do as a kid. You know, if you would have just been handed everything, then that's most, you probably wouldn't care as much as what you're doing right now. Uh, so doing those little things like sweeping job sites, picking up trash around, um, digging ditches, doing the stuff that nobody wants to do has made you guys appreciate it a lot more, I'm guessing, because that's the way I am. And that's how, and my brother is too. That's what was instilled in us. And we just want to keep building this thing and making it better now. Yeah, I'm sure that like you and your brother can relate to this too. It's like a huge, because you hear that what you just said, like how second generation businesses have, uh, you know, a high chance of failure mm -hmm. as I guess with all startup businesses, you know, as well, but that's a huge fear of ours. Like dad sacrificed yeah. a lot to get us to where we started to take, you know, step into the business. And from that point, we were just like, that, I think that was like our driving factor for like, and it still is like, don't waste this opportunity that dad like sacrificed a lot for, you know, and it's just like, I hear that all the time where like second, you know, second generation businesses are, you know, they, they, you know, the kids, the, the, the owner's son gets everything handed to them and everything like that. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> not over here, not over here. We have sacrificed a lot, slept in vans, you know, work, worked our asses off, you know, for years and years and still do. Um, it's just, you know, definitely earning it is a big deal around here. Yeah, I agree. I couldn't agree more because growing up, I got the same thing you guys probably did too, is, uh, you know, it must be nice, this and that you're getting. And then basically that expectation that everything was handed. But if people actually had to go through what I went through, you know, I would go, I would go from football practice early morning on a Saturday and my teammates would see it. I'd go straight to work with my dad. My dad would be like, I need you to work. I don't care if you just had practice. Everybody else would go do stuff, have fun, this and that. There I was college too. When I went to college uh, and I stopped playing football in college, I would come on weekends. Everybody was partying. He'd tell me, come home. Uh, he's like, I need you to work this weekend drive down. One time I didn't have a car because I wrecked my car. He told me to hop on a Greyhound bus and drive down from Tampa. That's yeah. just the way he was. And he goes, I'll pick you up. At, and there was a local Taco Bell. He picked me up and put me to work the whole weekend. So it's just, that's the way people don't understand with second generation. And like I said, I think that's why we appreciate it so much is just because of the stuff we went through to get to where we are now. And it's, we're not handed everything on the way up either. He's not, it's not just okay, here's $500,000 a year here. You can have a big giant piece of this company. Uh, you have to earn that and you have to earn that respect. And I think that's why you guys are into level two of building that thing up because you all have the vision. You have a different vision than what your dad did. And I'm sure it's a higher vision of what he had because he was that starting point. And now you're ready to take it to new levels because you can, you know, the technology, you know, these things. So I, I could respect you guys a lot and how you, how you, what you're doing and so on relate to you a lot as well. 
So that's awesome. Um, let's uh, talk about what you guys are doing before we get into more family stuff too. Uh, obviously you on your website, you guys are doing um, uh, concrete finishing, refinishing epoxy, polished concrete, self level and leveling cement uh, and moisture mitigation. Let's talk about those a little bit, your processes, what you guys are doing. I've seen, I saw your website and your work looks phenomenal too. Uh, there's a ton of people wanting epoxy in houses now that we're doing too. And some of your floors and everything. So let's just talk about your processes with your business. Well, well, thank you for that. I guess we can start off with like um, the basic, you know, uh, process just to go in and start basically any of our floors. We have to start off with the prep and grinding. Uh, you know, obviously this all comes after like site viewing and everything like that. But um, we have, you know, large grinding machines run on big electric and they're, you know, 32 inch grinding machines that we go in grind floors completely clean in order to prep them for any kind of product, self-leveling epoxy, or even when you want to do concrete polishing, because you have to get down to the actual substrate of the floor, the actual concrete in order to polish that. So um, starts off with that. And then, you know, it shoots off into many, many different directions regarding what the client wants. So if you want it self-level, then you would grind the floor, patch it, self, you know, apply the self-level, um, you know, epoxy, same thing, grind it, but to a, um, I would say a, a much smoother finish in order to make sure that the epoxy lays right. You know, we have to patch the floors and all that. So it really depends on, it's all job site dependent and what the client wants. Okay. So it, it, you know, it can all vary. As far as like uh, the moisture mitigation, stuff like that, what are you doing with that? Um, that that's the same thing. It you know it all comes down to the prep. Uh, so okay. we first just prep the the concrete um, to basically make it look brand new again. That's that's how we we leave it before we apply any of our next steps or next finishing steps. Um, so like in Manhattan, you know you see everything there with these buildings that are 60, 70 years old. Yeah. Um, and there's just layers on top of layers of glue or even tile on top of tile or just patch. And so you want to remove all of that first and, and get down to sound concrete. Um, and with doing that, you essentially make the concrete look brand new again, even though it's 70, 80 years old. Um, and then once it's completely that new look, um, that's when you can go ahead and apply, you know, the, the moisture mitigation systems, which there's various systems out there. Um, and you know, those, those are big, especially in, in basements, um, anywhere near, you know, water and mechanical uh, rooms. What's that? Oh, mechanical rooms. Yeah, definitely. We do, we do a ton of it in mechanical rooms in, in Manhattan. Um, so that's, that's a big system for us. So you guys are doing a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of buildings, right? Like giant, big buildings, stuff like that. You're not just doing houses. You're doing the big stuff going oh, on. Yeah. It's all, yeah. all commercial buildings all in wow. I guess, yeah, for us, it's, yeah, skyscrapers, you know, whatever yeah. you want to call them. Like, you know, we're regularly on the 27th, 47th, 57th floors of any, you know, whatever building, then we get some pretty cool views. Yep. Yeah. What's the biggest job you guys have had to do? Um, I guess, like, biggest as in terms of square footage, I... But there's also like, you know, biggest in terms of material applied as well. Yeah. Um, I would say, would you say? Uh, 200 Park. Was yeah, big. I think 200 Park was a big one. That was like almost 200,000 square feet of wow. self-leveling that we did. Yeah. Um, but then there was an, like other jobs that we've done where it was like, like 60 Broadway was like deep self-level that yeah. we've done like uh, from a pump truck. And wow. it was, the floor was there. So what they were doing is m downtown Manhattan, they were merging three buildings together. So all three buildings, when they broke down the walls, didn't line up correctly with the floor heights. So they were off by five, six, four inches. So we came in with, you know, a pump truck and pumped that floor to make it nice and level. So all the buildings looked like natural one, one building. Um, so that, as far as material applied, that would be a, uh, one of the biggest jobs uh, as far as that's concerned, because we've done now 
probably four floors there at several thousand square feet of floor at five inches. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's a couple thousand bags yeah. easily. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's probably not easy getting up and down to different floors too and getting concrete up and so on as well. I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, especially in Manhattan, when you're working on the 40th floor, one of the big things that can that can really kill time on a job site is waiting for the elevator. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of like an unforeseen thing if you're not familiar with it, but you know, these elevators can sometimes take 30 minutes, 40 minutes to get to you. So, you know, if you, if you want to run out to lunch, it could take you 30 minutes or, or so before you even get down to the street level, then you get down to the street level, do what you got to do, come back. It could take you another 20 minutes before the elevator comes back down to pick you up and bring you back upstairs. Um, so the elevators is definitely a challenge in a lot of these buildings that we go to. But the cool thing with like the pump trucks, like I was talking about, is that they're able to be in the street and mm-hmm. these things can pump up to, I'm going to say conservatively 30 floors from the street. And then anything wow. past that, they would have to set up a, what's called stage pump. And then they would have a pump that it pumps into and then goes up even higher because these things have pumped up 70 stories. And it's just a, uh, a, a hose that it comes from the truck right to where you're working and it comes right out of the hose and you're good to go. So that saves a lot of time. Um, but it needs to be the right job because you can't do it with like a, a small square footage. It's gotta be a big square footage because that truck pumps. It comes out like a fire hose. Oh my Literally God. Yeah. Like the volume that it comes out at you. You, you have to be quick. <laughs> yeah. There's videos of us on our, on our yep. Instagram and stuff like that with, with you see it. We use, I mean, it's like we we use when we're doing slabs, but obviously we're not. They're not running hoses that far. I mean, a slab's right there. It's right in front of you. You guys are carrying these hoses all the way up these different levels of floors and so on. That's crazy, how how far they could actually go up and pump that too. It is. Yeah. It is. They just go vertically, just straight up, hundreds of feet. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it, it like the little stuff like this too. I mean, it always it always is amazing. I mean, it's not little stuff; it's actually big jobs and and so on. Um, the, the I shouldn't say little stuff; I should say the different stuff that people you don't really think about too of how you guys operate you. and go about it um, because it is a big job and it's a tough job as well. Uh, it just, it fascinates me too. That's why you guys are here today. Cause obviously I haven't had anybody on like yourselves and I'm glad to have you on too. On the epoxy side though, uh, when you guys are doing that, obviously you're, you're clearing the floor, like you said, scraping it, uh, filling all the cracks, doing all that. And then basically colors or what are they doing? Chips, colors, all that. How are, what's the process of that? Is it just kind of, how do you come up with the different, I've seen some crazy looking epoxies. So, yeah, yeah, no, um, yeah. So we've, we've, we do all that. It, it really starts with the end in mind, the end goal of, of the space. Um, and then that determines the system, like what, what the client wants to use the space for. So there's so many different types of epoxy systems out there. Yeah. Not every system is, you know, the best one for every space. Um, so something like a mechanical room, you'd want a high, heavy industrial type of a system that might have like a little bit of a texture to it to give it a little bit of grip that could withstand a beating, um, but still be, you know, stand up to any water if any water was to, to spill out. Um, something like someone's garage, you know, it's not so industrial. You don't need mm-hmm. that heavy type of a system. And you, you would w- want some grip in the floor to make it, you know, not slippery, but at the same time, you wouldn't want as much uh, texture to the floor because it would be too hard to clean. Uh, so there's, you know, we always try and talk to the client and start with the the end result in mind. What are you looking to use this space for? And then come up with a, you know, the right system for their, what they, what they want to do. Yeah. And there's also even um, epoxy primers. So for instance, we do a lot of um, polishable overlay systems, which are you walk into like, you know, a client walks into their space and they say, okay, I want to have polished concrete, but there's all sorts of like, like metal, like they're called metal Walker ducks where they, they used to, well, and they still do, they trench out the concrete, lay electrical and data lines in there and then put a metal cap on the top of it. So 
if that's all running throughout and then they, they removed it and then there's all trenching everywhere uh, and the concrete's all, diff- all different colors, we could come in and do a system that gives you a brand new slab, an architectural slab, and it gets laid down at three eighths of an inch and we can polish it. So in order to do that, you need to put down an epoxy primer. So you roll out the epoxy, broadcast sand into it to give something to uh, to give the self level something to grip to, and also reduce cracking that happens. Always going to crack, but it reduces cracking. And you know, from there, that's your primer coat. So you can do that for a lot of overlay systems too. Yeah. So it, epoxy has a, a ton of ton of uses. Yeah. And, and what like what you were saying with the colors and the flake, um, we've done a, a bunch of those as well. Those are always fun because there's just infinite amount of color, you know, possibilities w- between the flake and and the metallic epoxy floors. That's the kind of with like all the crazy designs. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the metallics are, are are really cool because no two floors are the same. You know, if if you were to do one floor with one one color, and I was to do another floor with the same color they would be two completely different, unique turnouts based off of technique and, and how you finish the floor. And which is really cool to, you know, it gives the very unique floors to each, each client. Yeah, that is awesome. That kind of takes me into my next question. I read this on your website. You guys said we care two very simple, but important words that the Bruzy floors live by. We want to give customer or we want to give the customer an experience that makes them understand that we were the right choice and awarded the job. Explain this a little bit too, because customer experience and and customer satisfaction obviously is top of mind all the time. So talk about this a little. So I think that like the ultimate goal for I think me and him started saying this to each other, like probably a couple of years ago, maybe three, four years ago now, where it's like how do we become the sub or the contractor that the client can't live without? So where do we, where do, how are we, you know, and everybody says, you know, when you're listening to some of the mentors that we have and everything like that, that we share, it's how do you stand out? How does your company stand out? So we decided that, okay, we're going to look at what the other trades are doing on job sites and, try and do the basically take take the good stuff but also do the opposite of the bad stuff so like there would be a ton of trades that come on there and it would be just a mess like all their stuff would be all over the place um none of their tools would be nice and clean um their guys wouldn't show up as like a cohesive unit they wouldn't have like t-shirts and stuff like that that say the company name so we started off with that came in and got everybody t-shirts. We'd never had t-shirts before. So we all got t-shirts. We all got, you know, as you can see now, like, you know, nice little pullovers, whatever, mm-hmm. stuff like that, stuff to make us look like a cohesive team. Um, that made a big difference. I can't tell you how many times like supers come up to us and they're just like, wow, you know, I know exactly who you are. It goes a long way to have a little shirt or a hat or something like that, that everybody wears that it's a team. So then we also keep everything clean. We put everything together at the end of the night. We All our stuff is at night all our work. So we put everything together at the end of the night. All the guys totally care about all of our equipment. They dust everything down at the end of the night. We put everything in the correct spot. Everything is organized. And, you know, we always have open communication lines with our clients. So it started where I do most of this. I contact mostly the supervisor of the job and I make sure that our foreman get in touch with me and I relate it right to the, the, the supervisor in order to make sure that his schedule can stay as close or, you know, limit delays as possible. So then that's my end of the thing. And then when we got to where Nikki is, he can explain where we wanted to go with the office side of things. Yeah. So one of, um, you know, one of our, failures for a long time was getting back to the clients in emails and and not so much text and phone calls because that was you know readily at our hand but it was the emails that we were falling behind so like Anthony was saying earlier luckily we we capitalized on the opportunity during covid when we were shut down for a little bit to find systems and processes to make that you know much better than what it is and clean that up drastically um so getting back to our clients, you know, 
there's a ton of paperwork that has to get filled out, especially working in the city. Everyone needs to be OSHA certified and uh, a ton of safety documents and mm. insurances and, you know, vehicle information in order to get access to the buildings. There's a lot of back end work that goes into it, not, you know, aside from the work itself. So that's that's one way we we try and, you know, set ourselves apart is just getting back to the emails as, as quickly as possible. Yeah, I think that's one thing a lot of contractors struggle with is returning. I mean, it, it seems like one of the easiest things, but it's not. I mean, you're busy. You're in the middle of stuff all the time. You're dealing with different contractors. You're dealing with employees and so on. It's getting back to people and constantly follow up and so on. I mean, I've tried to get better at that. I still there. I still am trying to tweak it with myself is getting back to customers during a lot of these stagnant periods. Like right now we're having such long gaps between contract and actual build time now because we're waiting on trust drawings and so on to where, you know, I did it last week. I called a customer and he was like, yeah, I was waiting for your call. You know, uh, it's been a while. I was like, yeah, I don't mean to leave you hanging, but nothing's really happened. But I, that kind of made me realize, okay, maybe I should be calling these people or at least text them once a week, even though nothing is happening. And I told them that nothing's going to happen for 18 weeks because I'm waiting on trust drawings. Uh, so, you know, it's just, we constantly have to kind of check ourselves with the follow-up, even with subcontractors and just uh, following up with them and checking them and and just doing our best and answering phone calls too with, with possible clients as well. You know, sometimes you're in the middle of things and somebody calls and they leave a message and it's a lead and you kind of put that off because you're in the middle of something else. But I've been trying to get better at more being more prompt on stuff like that too, instead of kind of dragging feet and uh, saying, I'll tell I'll call that person back around four or something, you know, towards the end of the day, because I'm dealing with this, this, and this. So prompt customer service, follow up, all that is just so huge. And it's, it's tough, man. We all struggle. You guys know, we all struggle with it because uh, there's a lot going on in our business. So I can relate quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And you have, and, and you and your brother and, and your dad, you guys have a lot going on too, because you're building multiple homes. Yeah. You have a ton of subs. I'm sure you guys, you know, have the same vetted subs that you use on each job, but mm-hmm. you know, you're still having open communication on what ceiling is getting done, what molding is going in, what lighting you have a lot. And then by the time you get to the end of the day, you're like, Oh man, I wanted to contact that the client. <laughs> and you're like, and that's the same thing that we do. Like all of a sudden it's five o'clock and it's not like our day ends at five o'clock or anything like that, but we feel terrible contacting people when, you know, it's after five or six or seven, you know, stuff like that, you know, but I, I totally relate because you have a lot on your plate when it comes to that. And so like every, you know, like you said, we all, it's something that we all struggle with and we eat like shooting somebody a text just to say, Hey, here's where we're at. You know, it, it could go a long way with somebody just to have that line of communication. Yeah, it's and I've found out the importance of just actually just checking in. That's all people want too, especially clients. They just say a simple text that says, Hey, we're still at trusses. I know it sucks. Uh I'm I it's I'm pissed too, you know, because obviously if this job's not moving, we're not making money. I always reiterate that too, that it's not us. You know, we want to build your house. We want to get this thing broken the ground breaking and and start building this thing because we have no payments coming in unless we're moving so it's just uh reiterating stuff like that too but it is a lot going on and it's like you guys talked about getting those processes in line and those systems that everything flows simultaneously down kind of the line like an assembly line to where you don't have to stress so much about it and yeah we've had a lot with with all these delays and product and it's just because the construction's so crazy having to pivot constantly has been kind of a normal thing for us. Uh, and it's not fun, but having to order things way earlier, like we're ordering, we went through a closet walkthrough for custom closets yesterday. And we're like talking to our closet guy. We're like, get this ordered right away. He's like, well, I need him to sign off on it. I'm like, you got it written down, send it to us as soon as possible. We can't delay this. I can't have you sit a week, you know, cause we got houses sitting now that don't have closet material. Like, drawers like simple things the rest of it's done because everything's coming in so scattered so everything's different now it's just how we got to handle it and people got to be understanding but i think those check-ins 
with people, help them understand more. Yes, they see what's going on by the news and all that, but still, for some reason, when it's their house, they you know they don't really see that stuff, and they they tend to think you know, well, why aren't you building this? Why what's going on? Why is this delayed? They don't really realize that the rest of the world's kind of delayed and problem having problems. So, uh, yeah, it's just kind of those check-ins I think help quite a bit for sure. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Too. I want to talk to you guys too. You guys said we care about jobs before we even talk to uh, talk on the job site. We want to make sure that our customer service, fair pricing, and honest lines of communication are open to our customers. I want to talk about pricing on that. So how are you guys pricing jobs? What's the best way? Are you giving a lot of detail? What do you, how do you go about that? Um, as far as pricing is concerned, you know, we're, we're, not the cheapest by far. Um, but you know, we're, we're proud of that because we, we like to deliver a quality, uh, premium service as well. So we, we don't shy away from, you know, our prices. Um, and you know, we, we, we go in as depth, as deep into detail as, as need be. A lot of times, uh, when we give proposals, they want to see breakout lines of, of everything. Um, so we, you know, we're, we're willing to share whatever we need to. Um, but we definitely, um, you know, we, we have our price for, for a reason. And, and, you know, I think the client will ultimately see that as the project goes on and the completed project. And if, if there was any problems throughout the project or even after the project, we, we never run from our problems. We always, you know, I don't think there's a problem. There's a, a job that we have to date that we, weren't able to correct or, or get corrected one way or another. We've, you know, we've never ran from, from any issues. Yeah. And I think as far as pricing is concerned, something that people don't think of because um, a lot of times in commercial construction, um, people tend to see the, they get, you know, they get the, the standard, give, give me three prices, you know, the, then you see the, the, the lowest, the middle and then the high end guy. Mm-hmm. We're usually, I would say we are usually, the high end guy, mo- like a lot, you know, middle to high end guy. And there's several reasons for that. Obviously Nick hit on them, you know, work quality work, everything like that. But also we strive to really pay our guys well, because we talk to them and they say, Hey, you know, I have kids now. Well, some of our guys have been with us for 12, 13 years and we saw them come on as kids. And now they have their own kids and we're, and you know, they want to go on vacation. They want to have a good Christmas. They want to buy a new car. They want to get a house, you know, and it's important to us to pay our men well in order to grow our team together because they have dreams too. There's an, and, and our job is to make sure that their dreams can come true. That's how we always say it. And that's what we really mean because if you're not like, okay, like, why would you want to work for a company that doesn't that you're busting your ass, you're walking behind a grinder, you're schlepping cement and you're getting paid the bottom dollar. Like why? So, so somebody could just get a job. Like, no, like we're going to pay guys really well. We're going to attract great people to work with us on our team. And as a result, our price reflects that. Like we're not like our guys are professional. They are the best. They're the best in Manhattan. They're the, you know, uh, they, they are quality guys that genuinely care about being there every single day. Yeah, I love that. It's so important, too, because not a, a, the cheapest price isn't always the best price. I did a podcast episode on that a long time ago, and, and it, it's it's the truth. A lot of people, and I get it on a weekly basis, people looking to, to pay for the cheapest house. They, you know, what first question that fires off is what's your square foot price? You know, and in their mind, that's all they care about. And right away, I know we're not going to probably be the right fit. I still talk to them. Um, and I still approach it in a way of, okay, how can I turn this into a possible client? But uh, most of the time, they're locked in on that of they need to be at this specific price. And most of the time, I tell them, I go, your time's valuable. I don't want to waste it. What's your budget? Uh, what size house are you looking to build? Okay, you're looking to build. 2,600 square feet while we specialize 4,000 and up. 
what's what's your budget? Six hundred fifty thousand. I couldn't touch it with a ten foot pole. You know, it's just I don't say it that way, but uh, yeah. I just I say it in a nice. Just saying, yeah, good luck. I just be careful. Sometimes I warn them that if you're going that cheap, and somebody's a builder says they can do it, just make sure you do as much research as possible. Um, just to try and help them out because around here it's, it's tough to build that much square feet with all the concrete and all truss work and all the different things. But without getting into that, it's, it's important what you said too, going back to the employees, uh, in taking care of your employees, making sure they're taken care of because they're a representation of you. And I just had Ryan Austin was on my last podcast and he talked about how much he nurtures employees and gives them kind of the leeway to make decisions within his business, but he pays them and and the better, more production they do, they, they do get paid for it because they're what's molding his business into what it is. And that's true. So many of us as contractors want control. I I'm guilty of that too, to where I want to see what's going on kind of micromanage and so on, which isn't always a bad thing, but sometimes you just got to let people take control and be able to handle those situations as well. And that's how you get those good employees and build them up like you guys have and you pay them well too. And that's why your guys' quality is going to be top notch compared to the guy that's a hundred thousand dollars cheaper on a bid. You know, his floors are all going to crack right away and their guess who's going to have to come back and fix it. You. You know, because they're going to call you guys and say, oh, you know, should have listened and should have just went with you guys to begin with. And you guys, you know, and then you guys do a good job. They don't have to worry about anything. People don't think that way. There's a lot of tri- price driven people, unfortunately. Uh, it's just our job to kind of teach them. And that's why you're on this podcast. That's what this podcast is about is teaching people, you know, price isn't always the best fit. Yeah, it's important, but it's not always the best thing to look at too. So. Right. No. And you, and you nailed it with that. I mean, I, not to pat ourselves on the back, but just to, to piggyback of what you said, that's happened so many times where we weren't the cheapest bidder. And a lot of times in Manhattan, it's the cheapest bidder wins the job yeah. gets awarded. Um, I'm sure it's like that everywhere well, else. Especially too, but- in commercial too. You guys got a battle, a bigger battle with it because you got these contractors going in that want the cheapest bidder, but yeah. I, I not sorry to cut you off, but I don't, right. I, I deal with it with my, my subs. I've had customers ask me, you know, well, can't you get other bids? I do. They don't need to, you know, I do to check my subs. I got to keep them honest, but I'm going to go with my guy a hundred percent of the time. If he's a little off, if he's a five grand difference or 10, whatever, uh, you know, because I know the quality of work he delivers. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, yeah, I, I, like, like Nikki was saying, like we, we've gotten a lot of, a lot of those calls where, uh, you know, Hey, we had this job. Can you come take a look at it? You know, something's something happened with it. We don't know. Um, so we go look at it and we, we obviously do our best to remedy the situation and for your construct, your, you know, your construction sites, you know, anybody walks into a Ryman house, you see those ceilings and the details that go into anything. Yeah, and beautiful. the, you know, the, the frontage that you guys create on these homes is freaking amazing so you're not going to get that with the cheapest guy or you know like again don't go putting yourself in the poorhouse to to hire ryman or a bruzy but you know make sure that when you you know you know what you're looking at when you come to us you know mm-hmm. we're going to give you a good product it's going to be worth the money if you're going to spend it make it worth the money yeah and it goes into those little details off of that too i'm sure with you guys paying attention if there's a mess up you guys fix it you're there you you take care of it if there's something wrong that should have not have been wrong you guys go back I mean, it's just that's why they're paying that extra money too is not just for the short-term benefits but the long-term benefits as well and that's what i always tell people same with you guys you guys are doing a quality product you're going to over deliver and then you're always going to go back if it's something that shouldn't happen that's the way we are too like i get calls like hey bill i had a couple pool tiles fall off this house was a year and a half out of warranty i sent my pool guy over there because why is this freaking pool tiles falling off i said that to my pool guy that shouldn't be happening after a year and a half you know and are after two years and it's just stuff like that we're going to take care of and a lot of builders don't do that they don't go that extra little 
the little things like that because they're like, eh, you're out of warranty. Uh, here's a, here's my contract. You can call him. He can, you can deal with them direct or call a different pool guy because they don't yeah. want to deal with it. That's not the way it should be. You build with us. You guys, you know, you guys know this too. You, they, they do their floors with you guys. They're going to get a quality product that you guys are going to put your name on it. And it matters to you. you that's why you over deliver on it because your name's behind that product. And then they're going to tell people and how much their experience is and it just spreads over time. And that's that long-term play too, which is so important. Exactly. Well. So, um, what are we at? Uh, let's uh, just real quick. Let's go back. I kind of want to go back into the family business stuff because I love talking about this. Uh, let's just, I want to talk about some pros and cons of family business. What do you guys, what are some pros? What are some cons that you guys have experienced? Um, you know, obviously the pros are that we're together every day. Um, it's great working with your family. For us, um, you know, we, the, the three of us, we, we get along really well. There is really limited arguments or fighting rarely ever. Um, and you could just have open lines of communication with each other at all times because of that family bond. Um, but we, we have definitely found more pros than cons on a daily basis, uh, working together as a family for sure. I don't know of a con. It's a good thing. <laughs> I, don't, I, I can't because they're like out of the cons that you could think of like i don't i don't think that any of them really apply mm. like there's really i don't i don't see it like why i could talk to him very easily i could talk to my dad very easily we, you know like it's it's open lines of communication if we need to say something we just say it like it's it's fine like there's no there's really no cons yeah. I, I mean, I got to agree with you because you have those moments where you're just like, you know, uh, you know, I should you with you kind of, it's not arguments. It's just like my brother and I, we get along really well. Uh, you know, it's just, um, sometimes you, you think with all the work you do and stuff, maybe you should get paid a little more here and there sometimes too, but it just takes talking to your, talking to your dad and stuff like that, to make that happen and confronting them. So you sometimes have that resistance too. I mean, my old man's an ex Marine, uh, you know, ex uh, <laughs> Vietnam veteran. So he's as stubborn as it can be too. And it's, you know, he's, it's hard to approach him, but you got to approach him face to face too. But it is like you guys said, that comfort level of, all working together. Like my sister does our billing. My fiance does our selections. Uh, one of my best friends is doing our, he's our superintendent. Uh, we have a very tight niche group and we've kind of formed that to now it's like, okay, when we hire, we got to find somebody that's going to mesh with that group. We can't kind of go outside of that. Cause it's not just, it's not, it's going to throw everything off. And I'm sure you guys feel that too. Cause it's just, easy with family like to talk and get through problems and so on because you see each other all the time even outside of work as well so uh, another question we'll wrap this up um before we get into some personal questions what was your dad's influence on you guys as far as growing up success and so on oh well it, a ton a ton and this isn't just because he's in the room over there <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's you know it's it's every, it's really everything. He set the example, you know. Like I don't think I could have done what he did, waking up and grinding the business as much as he did in the beginning. That's the that's the ultimate example, you know. So like, how do I, you know, like how do I complain? How do I? Where do I? go like all, all we could do is follow that example you know and like i said just grow from there that's the that's the only example you need just that that example work hard dedication and i don't think dad never did it for himself like you never heard a dad saying like oh i want this or i want that it was always just like oh everything for the family you know so that's that's really the that's that was his example. Yeah. And and on top of the the hard work, it was always um, honesty. You know, one of the things he would always tell us is tell me the truth and you won't you won't get in trouble. He just always wanted the truth. So, um, you know, that that stuck with us all throughout our lives. Just you know, no matter what conversation we were having, just to just tell the truth and, you know, never lie. 
even if something was messed up on a job site, just, you know, do your best, tell the truth and uh, just make sure you, you give solutions on how to remedy it if it's an issue or what you're going to do to take care of the client. Um, and so that, you know, that, that honesty has definitely had a big impact on us as well. Yeah, I love that. I can relate quite a bit too, because having being honest up front too, I got that out of my dad as well. And just doing the right thing. I mean, that's that's plain and simple out of everything is doing the right thing, but work hard to do it. I mean, the hard work aspect of it that you said, Anthony, and and growing up as well, being taught that, being pushed to you know, have to do things you didn't want to waking up early. My dad used to whistle the, you know, the Reveille as when I had to wake me up as a kid. Uh, and I used to hate it and it stuck in my head. The thing would be bright and early. And then he'd say time to get up little Marine, you know, start screaming, yelling, throw the blanket off of me and it'd be bright. And, you know, he's like, you got to go to work. And I hated it. But that stuff right there, because I knew friends were going and they were going to the beach, having fun. There I am out on a job site digging ditches and, and, you know, uh, hating life and uh, sweeping job sites. But it's like we talked about earlier, that's what pushed us to get to where we are and gave us the appreciation we have for these businesses to better them as well. So, like I said, got a lot of respect for you guys and what you do. Let's wrap this up. I always get into personal questions. Uh, so this one is a big question. I ask everybody uh, to both you, what about you personally? Uh, you guys are building an amazing company, family business uh, that continues to grow each and every day. What lessons have you learned throughout your journey that we should all apply to our own business and our own lives to help us grow? Uh, you know, getting back to the hard work, hard work, it always, always pays off and it's always rewarding. You know, it, it goes back to, you know, that one saying that says, you know, you, you never regret a workout, even if you hate and dread going to the gym and you, you don't want to do it. Once you leave the gym, you know, you feel better. And that that's, you know, same thing that we've learned from hard work. Even if we're dread dreading going into a day, because we know that it's just going to be a very labor intensive day or mentally taxing day at the end of the day, you, you just feel better and proud of yourself for getting through it. So definitely um, that's definitely a big takeaway for us. Um, and also just the, the pursuit of bettering yourself, whether it's from books, podcasts, you know, friends you hang around, just always trying to level up and be the best version of yourself. That's something we've been taking serious for the last probably four years now. Yeah. Um, and that's just made tremendous impacts in, in both of our lives and, and our business lives. Yeah. And I would say also a huge lesson for us is like always like just be humble, humble and friendly. You know, like it's weird. I've heard this a bunch of times, like, oh, we love your dad. We love you guys. Like you guys are so easy to talk to nice guys, whatever, like it's who we are. Yeah. But also at the same time, like there's a lot of people that can let a stressful day really get to them and, and freaking blow up. And I'm not saying that I'm like immune to that or anything, but they could carry over into another day and then into a week and then into a month. And then all of a sudden it's like, you're miserable. Um, so I think having that, you know, making sure that we're conscious of that and also like, you know, always thinking about things as if you're a beginner, just be open to learning new stuff. Don't be stubborn. I love it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so important to just constantly be learning. And I mean, I, I know your dad's sitting there too. He instilled that and everything you guys said, he instilled into you too, and trying to get better and, and progress yourselves and so on and pushing yourselves to the next level and self-development and all that. And you guys are doing that too. Cause it's so important. I started kind of my journey probably about the same time you guys, I think it was like four years ago or whatever, where I was like, yeah, I think it's time to invest in myself, kind of start doing some different things and maybe spend a little money on coaching or something like that. You know, I've never done it, never thought about it and I did it and just how far I've come in such a short period of time in every aspect. It's just insane. So it's been, it's been crazy. The journey has been crazy. I'm just getting started with it. You guys are as well. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of stuff you, we can all learn, especially in this business, especially in construction, it's never ending. Uh, there's always something new. So 
Uh, love that answer. Uh, one of the last questions here. Most people talk about your past. Let's talk about your future. Where will we see the Bruzy brothers in uh, 10, 15 years from now? Who will you guys be? Uh, well, we'll still be operating, you know, our flooring business. And uh, I think one branch that we all, the three of us would like to go down is getting more involved with uh, real estate. We'd like to get some rental properties under our belt and uh, maybe a couple of commercial buildings as well. And definitely head down the uh, the commercial residential real estate path. Yeah, and I think I think definitely I agree with with those things. And also like just continue meeting people like you, building our personal network. And if for nothing other than surrounding ourselves with people that are on the same path, you know, it's very important to do that because it's like you could be, and it's so true. Is like what they say, like if you're if you're hanging around five people of a certain belief, then you're going to be the sixth, you know, like it's so important that when, once we found our people, our group of people that we've slowly started to build in the last four or five, whatever years, um, it's really changed our whole outlook on everything. And I want to continue to do that in order to stay on the path really. Yeah, I I hundred percent agree. You guys come down to Naples, you know. You guys could always give me a call. One thing we're definitely hanging out too. And if I go up your way and to Manhattan, I'll be giving you guys a call. So it's always it's all about the connections, the group, and it's like you said, the the people you surround yourself with. If I would have never done these groups and so on, like I got a lot of I got a lot of friends here, but a lot some some of them a lot of them aren't as ambitious as I am. And being involved in these groups and getting around people that push me and I can see that are willing to level up like yourselves and want to keep going. It just pushes you even more. I flipped through my Instagram and that's all I see now because I've gotten rid of a lot of the, you know, people that are just posting drinking stuff on the beach and not really doing much. I don't see any of that anymore. Yeah. (laughs) I don't see any of that anymore. It's all about who's building what and doing this and conquering that thing that they wanted to do. And I'm just like, wow, I am. It always makes me feel far behind. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you want. And that's what's going to keep you going too. Because if you have that mindset of I'm still not even close, I want to get to this point and keep pushing yourself to get there and see that stuff, it's going to keep pushing you. How can I do this? What do I need to do here? And I'm, it's, you know, my fiance thinks I'm crazy sometimes, but you know, I want to sell our house right now because I can make money. She's like, where are we going to go? We're getting married in November too. You're going to sell our house before the wedding. Yep. We'll figure it out. You well, know. fortunately you build it. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I build one right now, but I don't know. Stuff's a little yeah, bit slow. Like a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I might just uh, down, move backwards to move forwards is kind of what I'm thinking. So yeah, yeah, yeah. things slow down a little bit. Last question what the show is all about what exactly do people need to look for when choosing a flooring contractor like yourselves and why should they choose nick and anthony as their go-to flooring contractors i would say when you're looking at a flooring contractor or any contractor just make sure that you feel comfortable with them are they are they putting up some kind of wall when they're talking to you, like, Hey, yeah, I could grind your floor and I could do the epoxy or whatever. Or are they being open with you? Like, Hey, this is why we grind the floor. This is when we get it up up to this point, we put the epoxy down or up to this point, then we start patching. I'm going to be here. And then I'm going to do this and this and this, they're going to be open lines of communication with you. And that's like anything like, Hey, I'm going to sheetrock your wall. You know, I'm going to put the insulation first then I'm going to put the sheetrock up. Then I'm going to do the spackle, you know, all that it's, it's making sure that they're, you're comfortable with them and make sure that the person that you're going with is knowledgeable and understands what they're doing. And it's not like some fly by night guy that's just looking to make a quick buck. Right. And the, the knowledgeable um, guys, definitely, definitely a good, good guy to start with, but also just having that trust, like Anthony was saying, um, you know, we've been told before that our, our price was a little too pricey and that they would, be looking to get, you know, another quote from somewhere else. And we said, we have told people before, like, Hey, let me know, you know, let me know what the other guy is, is doing in his process just so I could, you know, have a better understanding and see if it's maybe not the right process that you need. Um, and maybe he's, you know, missing a step, a crucial step that, that you, you need in order to achieve what you want to achieve as the final outcome. Um, and even if you don't go with us, that's fine, but 
let us let us you know help you even if you don't go with us in any way possible yeah i love it thank it guys this has been awesome uh i do appreciate your time i know you guys got to get rolling too it's it's been great having you guys uh um great discussion too i mean i can relate with you guys a ton as far as the family business so yeah nick anthony i really do appreciate you guys coming on taking your time today thank you too man thank you same feelings really mutual thank you yeah we'll stay in touch for sure obviously through our groups and and so on and i appreciate you guys and uh for everybody listening thank you all for listening oh last thing where can people find and connect with you guys before i go uh our instagram is a bruisey floors and my personal instagram is a bruisey with we shortened it because it's a little lengthy so my, <laughs> my my personal is a b r u z e and and mine is a n t a b r u z e and then from there from either of our pages you'll see that we tag our business page and you can go straight from there yep awesome i appreciate it guys thank, thank you. you thank you all right thanks everybody for listening i'll see you guys on the next one